the Holy Gospel according to St. John from the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and then on to 19 through 28. And it can be found starting on page 1646 in your pew Bible. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this is John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. And finally they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John replied, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, you know, going forward, I'm going to invite you guys to actually pray with me. In, in your bulletin, um, it says, you see on page two there, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you see that part? So let's try it again. I'll say the first part. May the words of my mouth, and then you all in chorus will, will join. Can we try that? Give that a shot? All right, here we go. May the words of my mouth... Amen. And that's a prayer all of us are given 
saying, Lord, you know, take us through this. Do the gospel unto us. Help us to have new eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive what you are going to speak to us this day, okay? All right. Well, if you're looking at the schedule on our lectionary year, we are in year B, and it would seem that the folks who put together the lectionary cycle of the church year have thrown us a, a bit of a curveball. If not that, maybe a change-up. Um, because the last two Sundays have been Mark. And Mark will be the gospel that is in most of the Sunday uh, readings for the next 11 and a half months. But today... Um, we find ourselves looking at a text from the Gospel of St. John. And, you know, not that anybody is, but don't worry, we're going to get plenty more Mark later on. Um, the reason that we are visiting John right now is that um, there are um, certain portions, there's certain events that are more clearly described in John than they are in Mark. And so the reason that we do this is because specific of today's lesson, um, there's more uh, detailed amounts uh, that, we, that we want for, to share with you to, to gain understanding. And when we stand firm uh, on the entirety of God's law and gospel, that's where we are called to do. We don't just pick out some little uh, isolated passages, you know, just nary. So the whole thing together comes together and, and supports itself. And so that's why uh, we're in St. John today. And the reason that I did that is because I want to talk to you about identity. I want to talk to you about identity today. That is, who a person is or who a person is not. And it is an important aspect of um, our lives. It's, it's just how we fit into the scheme of things, isn't it? Our identity um, tells us and tells others who we are. It determines in part how we relate to other people and how the world uh, relates to us. Significantly, your identity in relation to God, your Creator, determines just how you will live your life. And more importantly, how you will live your death and beyond. And I suggest to you today that knowing our place in God's kingdom gives us two things. It gives us both our identity and it gives us a great deal of comfort knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Today's gospel lesson is all about identity. And if we're not paying attention, or if we're not informed properly, today's gospel could lead to some mistaken identities. Here's what I mean. Firstly, we have John the Apostle and the Evangelist, who is writing uh, 
about another John. That John is John the Baptist and John the prophet. We're hearing from the son of Zebedee, who is writing about the son of Zechariah, who was a priest. We're hearing from the brother of James, who is writing about the cousin of Jesus. The author who prophesied in the Revelation, the Revelation of John about Christ's second coming, tells us about the messenger who prophesied in the desert of Christ's first coming. The crux of today's gospel text is the identity of John the Baptist. We learn something of his identity by what John the Evangelist tells us. And even more from what John the Baptist tells us about himself. And from these, we find out just what this latter John is. John the Baptist, who he is, what he is, and what he is not. We met this prophet last week, you may recall. We heard a little bit about where John the Baptist lived, what he ate, what he wore. And more importantly, we heard about what he did and what he said. These are important components in developing a sense of John's identity. Now John preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins could lead many hopeful believers to conclude that John was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one of God. And in some cases, well, it did lead to that or other mistaken conclusions. But despite that conclusion, or possibly because of that conclusion of his identity, John's reputation had spread throughout the region. And news of John's ministry had reached Jerusalem, which was the seat of the religious power for Judea. And, and there it generated quite a bit of interest and curiosity. Why? Well, a large number of people came to the far side of the Jordan River to see, to hear, to be baptized by this man. And this, by the way, is just not like a simple walk down the street, say, to 7-Eleven. No, this, this you need to visualize as about 20 miles or more through really rough and hilly terrain. And even with the inconvenience of the journey and all of the hullabaloo that Paul was, was, was creating, it, it made it essential, we read, for the religious authorities to investigate what was going on out there in that dirty old wilderness where we read and where the Levites and the priests and the, the uh, 
Well, all of the religious leaders, this is bad for business. And here's some son of a priest who has gone bad. And he was causing all kinds of commotion and stirring up the people into a buzz about the coming of the Christ, the Messiah. They need to find out about this guy. And so they did. They dispatched a delegation to determine the identity of this apparent lunatic. This guy who is in need of a bath and a comb and a change of clothes. And then they began questioning John about his identity. He tried to downplay his own place. We see that. But rather than identifying who he was, John told them who he was not. His answers become more pointed with each one he is given. He says he was not the Christ, the one whom G who the Jews knew would save his people. He said he was not Elijah, the one who had not died, but had been boldly taken into heaven in a fiery chariot, and whom the Jews expected to return at the end of time. He said he was not the prophet who was to usher in the age of the Messiah. And they got tired of hearing who he was not. The priests and the Levites, they pressed him to tell them just who he was in his own words. Give us an answer so that we can take it back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And in response, John does not point to himself. The answer that he gives them to take back to those who sent the delegation comes directly from him who sent him, who sent John. I am but a messenger, a voice. John essentially tells them, I am not the message but I come to simply to prepare you for that message. And you would think, you would think that the learned men who came out there to interrogate him, these men who knew the scriptures so well, would have recognized the words John quoted from the prophet Isaiah. And then they would have realized that the Savior's advent was nigh, it was coming. It was imminent. But they were blind then. And many remained blind throughout Jesus' earthly ministry to their eternal damnation. These people, rather than inquiring further about this message, this message of hope and salvation, these legalists among them want to justify they want John to justify his actions in baptizing. They're very concerned about who has the authority and who gets to exercise it. But John does not try to defend his actions. He doesn't. He freely admits that he baptizes and only with water. But he also reveals a secret to these religious leaders when he says, among you, stands him 
whose identity you do not know, the one whose way I came to prepare, the Lord himself, whose way is to be made straight. It is his identity that is important. John says, not my identity, his that is important. I am not the Christ. I am not Elijah. I am not the prophet. John says, I am not worthy. And I am not the light. And even though he downplays his own identity, John the Baptist's identity remains worthy of our attention. If only because it focuses our attention beyond him to Jesus Christ himself. John was the voice, the messenger. He was sent from God. He did come as a witness to testify to the light so that through him and his testimony, all men might believe in that light of the world. This is John's identity. So, to use an old phrase, what's in your wallet? What's your identity? What are you? And what are you not? Most of us, it seems, to, we tend to identify ourselves vocationally or socially. For example, some might say, I'm an analyst. Some might say, I'm an accountant. I'm a teacher. I'm a student. I'm retired. Some say, I'm just tired. I'm a hunter. I'm a golfer or a coin collector, a husband or a wife, a son or a daughter. Rarely. Rarely in our conversation with those we meet in the comings and goings of daily life do we reveal our true identities, that is, telling others what we are and are not. Let me ask you, have you used any of these lately? When someone has asked you about your identity, have you answered with, I'm a sinner. I am miserable and unclean, deserving of eternal punishment. How are you? I am unworthy of the blessings of God and Creator that God and, and the Creator has so bountifully showered upon me. I try to be my own God in answer to this question, the master of my destiny. I try to decide what I should really want to do, but I cannot. How do I, you, what do you do? Have you ever answered, I'm flawed. I am corrupted. I am mortal. I am doomed. I need a new identity, a better identity. And here, Here's where we need to read between the lines quite literally, all the things that we are not. For while today's gospel lesson is excerpted from the beginning of the gospel of John, it's not the whole thing. 
It's not the continuous text. Remember, I did say earlier that we don't base our faith on snippets of Scripture, but on the entirety and totality of God's Word. You remember that? It was a lot of minutes ago, I know. So in reading the several verses today, which give us a glimpse into the identity of John the Baptist, the messenger of God and the preparer of the way of Jesus, we run the risk of missing part of the picture. And and, and important as John the Baptist is in God's plan of salvation, we ought not to forget that those precious words that give identity to the one of whom both Johns speak, because it is his identity that is so vitally important. What did he just say? Well, listen to me. Here's what was missing from the text that we, we plucked out because of the lectionary year. From chapter 1 of St. John, these are the verses that we didn't hear in our lesson today. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Then we go to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. Verse 16, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Verse 29, The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came, baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen, and I have borne witness, that this is the Son 
of God. That's quite a different identity, isn't it? He identifies Jesus. And Jesus' identity is this. He is the Word, the very mind and will of God, eternal with God in the beginning, the creator of all things, life amidst death, light amidst darkness, his identity not recognized, his advent not received, his glory, his grace, his truth rejected by the world that he made and to which he came in the flesh to dwell among us. Yet, in that flesh, he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. John testified that the Holy Spirit descended to Jesus from heaven itself, and it remained on him. John himself admitted that he would not have recognized the Christ unless he had been revealed to him by the one who had sent him. And John further testifies that the identity of this one who came to us, advented to us, is the Son of God, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it is that identity above all others which is important to you and to me. For in that, for in that identity... The Son of God made flesh to become the Lamb of God. He changes your identity. God's plan of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, is the ultimate witness protection program. When we receive that gift of faith through the water and the Word, when we are granted immunity from our crimes, when we can point to Christ Jesus who took the rap and received the infinite sentence for the punishment we deserved, the eternal judge gives us a new identity. Our record is, is wiped clean. And we are moved from being a citizen of the doomed citizen of the doomed evil world to a fresh start in a brand new jurisdiction that is the kingdom of heaven. Formerly we were recognized as evil and treacherous and condemned sinners, strangers to God and totally without righteousness of our own. Our new identity puts us on a path to a new life in Jesus Christ. Once ravenous, wandering, Anxious wolves have become satisfied and secured, confident sheep. And we have a shepherd. Enemies of God are made his adopted children. And while our outward appearance may not change much, the inward person is unrecognizable even to ourselves. 
And as witnesses to the light, though, we are continually subject to being called to testify through many trials, and we will face much cross-examination. The accuser will point to us. You've heard this. The accuser will say, you've done these evil things. You deserve punishment, pain. You deserve the despair and the death. And he will be easily convicted. We will be easily convicted if we try to defend ourselves. If we try to explain our way out of that accusation. Our testimony about ourselves, our standing on our own identities, can only lead to our condemnation. But we are called to testify not about ourselves. We are called to testify about another. We are called to witness the truth and the grace that he alone provides. And when we are about to hear that cell door of despair clang shut on ourselves and on those around us, we need to identify and to give toast testimony to him who has taken our crimes and heaped them upon himself. And in spite of our guilt and in spite of the injustice and the unfairness of it all, we need to trust on the judge's mercy. The evil one, he accuses you and others around you. The world wants you to perjure yourself with its falsehoods. Your own sinful flesh would make you forget your testimony to abandon your new life and lose that precious new identity which came at so costly a price. But... The Spirit helps you remember your identity, that you are beloved children of the Heavenly Father, that you are dear brothers and sisters of Christ. You are forgiven sons and daughters of light. Now, the temptation might be to trumpet your new identity to advertise your immunity from the prosecution and punishment that you so narrowly escaped. And while it does bring great joy and peace to know those things are true, we are to remember that we did nothing ourselves to bring it about. Point instead to him. Point to him who was arrested and tortured. Point to him who was pierced for you. Point to him who was hanging from the tree. The one who was bleeding and dying. Point to him and give your testimony as a witness to the light, saying, he did it. He did it all. He did it for you. He did it for everyone. We proclaim Christ and him crucified. And I'll leave you with this. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. 
He came as a witness. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to that light. In the name of Jesus, amen.